Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pixel Play Podcast, the only podcast that's banned in 37 different countries, including Spirit. Don't ask how. It's, it's It was just a weird thing that happened one day. One random... Actually, I don't even... Spirit doesn't have a Saturday, does it? I don't know. How do their days work over there? Uh, that's why we're banned, because we performed on a day that didn't exist. So Saturday must be not there. Fair we, enough. Well, th- now you got the explanation. Now we have a canon explanation for at least that one country's ban. We'll work on the other 36 at this point. So my name is CS Radical. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Joined by always Mr. Jen and Chris. Kalen is absent this week. He is nursing a hell of a sore throat, apparently. From He called it, what would he call it, a burning sore throat? I'm like, that yeah. doesn't, you don't normally just say, eh, my throat's kind of sore. No, it was, I have a burning sore throat? That better be whiskey-induced, or else I'm very worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you drink enough fireball whiskey, I guess you could have a burning sore throat. Oh, it'll burn. That'll be a nice I say this as someone who doesn't drink. I would not know. I just assume it probably hurts because I can't stand the taste of most alcohol anyway. Yeah, it kills. It hurts like hell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, aside from uh, alcohol hurting like hell, how are you doing today, Chris? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, I've been, uh, I guess I'll kind of just hop into what I've been doing, what I've been playing and whatnot. Um, I did pick up Tears of the Kingdom and I did start Tears of the Kingdom. Sadly, I'm still technically in the tutorial area because I haven't had much time to play. I'm... uh, still within the first two I feel hours. like Jedi Survivor may have a reason for that. That is 100% the reason. Um, I finished Jedi Survivor. I completed the story. I got through all the performance woes of attempting performance mode. Uh, it was a lie. There is no performance in there at all. Uh, but switching to quality mode, 100% does fix 99% of the issues. You just have to go down to the 30 FPS. But it stops trying to be more than that. And therefore, most of the issues do go away. I completed the game, the story, it got to the point where I was like watching a really good Star Wars movie or show and those moments of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is happening. This person's there, that person's there, like just random stuff starts happening and it ties really, really well, both to the, like the actual Star Wars movies and canon, plus also the actual characters created for this game. Um, story blew me away. The gameplay blew me away. Like the game itself is just so dang good uh minus those performance issues obviously that yeah it's it's a it's a big shame too because like even though i don't have any care for the game because fallen order just really didn't click for me it's i'm glad that it's really good in terms of a game it's just a shame that the performance issues have kind of like put a bit of a a bit of a black eye in it not like a terribly bad one because it sounds like most people are pushing through it and it also sounds like the kind of game that once it gets patched to a much better state it's going to be a great game in the long term yes but it's it's it's, again it's that shame of like man can we just have a game launch in a good state? And then Zelda yeah. came up and we're like, oh, so that's what it's supposed to be, yeah. Yes, I will admit that Zelda runs flawlessly. I tried both docked, I tried handheld, I did like a little bit of testing there. And yeah, just, just from watching also, Digital Foundry's video, it seemed like yeah. they did a pretty fantastic job at optimizing it, given how bigger the scope of this game is too. And they yeah. still managed to make it work. Now, it doesn't look any better for the most part, but the fact that it runs better was the more important thing anyway. Yeah, it it does run really well and looks, I mean, it looks kind of the same. And that's probably why it runs so well. They took the original engine and I am assuming they made a few changes, a few updates, but for the most part, kept it as it is. They had years to take a look at what they needed to do to fix it so that way it would run a little bit better. Basically, this is a six-year patch that was added to the original game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Jedi Survivor was amazing. I was attempting today to go for the Platinum, and I think I might actually be at that point where when a game is not as easy as I would expect to get a Platinum, that I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm not making myself go for this Platinum. I'm not making myself go for this 100%. Because Jedi Survivor, I'm at like 86% of the achievements or trophies. Um, and it was mostly like, do 10 moves of this and all that. But it was not in that stupid way. Because like Mass Effect and stuff had that, like use this specific power 20 times. And it's like, I don't want to use that power. Like that's a dumb power. I don't want to walk around and do that. For this one, you get different stances, which are different lightsabers and kind of based on different characters from the movies. Um, so I wanted to use them because they it changes the play style of Cal 100%. Like you go from the single lightsaber to the like the Darth Maul duel, which was the same in the previous game, um, which you'd also see in the trailer. Two lightsabers, like one in each hand, plus two more stances, which... Uh, Were the blaster ones in the first game? Because I never played much of it. No. No, the the first one only had I think one lightsaber, and then the the dual sided. I don't think it had anything beyond the two different stances. Uh, definitely no blaster because it's actually like kind of built into the game that you acquire a blaster. Um, but yeah, there's that one, and then there's another one called Crossguard, which is amazing. All, again, all based on different characters, different lightsaber setups, and whatnot. Um, so it was kind of like they had an achievement or a trophy for each stance. I think it was like one force power or move that's kind of associated with that stance so it was nice because i actually had wanted to try each of them so i kind of it was and it was only like 10 do 10 of this do 10 of that um so for the most part i got most of the trophies but i'm hitting the part where it's like all right buy everything in this one shop and you need a hundred they're called like priorite shards or something and i have 40 something so you're in the collect-a-thon like, level stuff now like over 50 of these things and i'm gonna have to like fast travel different points and it's like well it's a lot easier if you go and get this upgrade where it shows all the collectibles on your map but it's like it shows everything and then i'm gonna still have to go so now i'm gonna have to go on a mission to get some update where it shows all the collectibles then i have to go and find all these like 50 something collectibles um so that i'm not happy about there's also these 12, no, 18 Jedi challenges where it's like you you go into, you click on a crystal and you go into like this. It's almost like a VR room, but it's the force. Um, and it's like fight some monsters or it's like acrobatic shit where it's it's run, wall jump, do this, do that, do that, do that. But if you make one mistake and you fall, you got to start again. And I've got through, frick, I think I only have four left. So probably 14. I think there's 18 of them. So I think I'm at 14. And, like, I'm stuck on one because it's really freaking hard. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I making myself do this for one freaking trophy? Because I had to finish this. Then I have to go collect 57 or whatever the heck more of these priorite shards. Then I've got to go and do this other thing. And it's at the point where I'm like, you know what? I beat the game. It's, like, 86% trophies. That's, like, good enough. I'm not going to go and do it. It's like I, this happened with Hogwarts Legacy for me got most of them but it was like oh go do all of this and there's like a hundred of those merlin trials or like play the game four separate times so you can go into all four houses because every time you get assigned a house you get a trophy for that one so you have to play the game four times to get into all four houses and it's like i don't want to do that that's stupid that's replaying the first three hours of the game four times i don't want to do that so i'm definitely at that point um there might be one trophy I want to get still in Jedi Survivor, but it's to play uh, the holographic chess game that the Millennium Falcon had. I just actually want to try it. I hadn't tried the chess game yet, so I want to actually go and play. And if it is easy to like actually beat all five opponents for that, sure, I'll do that one. Because that might actually be fun. 
I don't want to necessarily do that for the trophy. I actually want to do that because the gameplay might be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely at the point where uh, I don't have time. <laughs> I have uh, Tears of the Kingdom waiting. I don't have time to try and get 57 random pieces of minerals just so I can continue. Um, but yeah, that's actually all I've really been playing. I haven't had a chance to really do anything else. And I'm normally a six month, six games a month kind of guy. And I am definitely behind. So I need to get my ass in gear. So Jedi might need to take a, a back seat. Um, <laughs> but what about you? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? Uh, mostly tr like just traversing through Trails of Cold Steel over again. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can't because I can't quite remember how many chapters there were in the game. But I'm pretty sure I'm just about to enter the last chapter of the first game again. And it's really interesting now to play that for the first, or not the first, the second time, and knowing who is revealed as the baddie by the end of it. Because now you start looking and be like, oh, that's why you're missing. And it's like, oh, you've been here the whole time. And you start seeing some of the other people that are like villains later on. And you're like, it's so weird knowing that you're going to turn on us and you don't see the signs. Like, even with the knowledge, you're like, there's no way you would have known. It just comes out of left field that some of these people suddenly you thought were, were either friends or just, like, acquaintances where you are. And all of a sudden, boom, they're on the other side. And now knowing that, especially the main baddie that gets revealed at the end of the game, you're just like, in a million years, I never would have called this person. And they do it so flawlessly. And to have the explanations of it, and especially as the game goes on in the entire you know, four games that they run through in that storyline. It's so cool now to play it over again and to see even little things like seeing family members of a character that doesn't even show up until the third game when you become a teacher at the same military school that you were once a student of, and now you're teaching another generation, and here's a, here's a younger brother of this guy who you saw, and also his uncle is this person, and you're just like, holy shit, this all connects to... How did they write this all and it doesn't suck? Because so many times yeah. when games try to have, like, so many different characters, you turn to, like, a Suikoden where there's just... There's so many people that fall by the wayside and you just don't care about them. Whereas, oh, yeah. the like, by the time that the fourth game ends, there's probably somewhere around 30-ish party members in total between all the Trails of Cold Steel games and the other Trails games that they bring in to add to the entire story. So you get to play with various people from those games as well in terms of Trails in the Sky and Trails to Azure. So you have all of these characters in party members alone, and they all have, for the most part, they're all people that you're generally interested in. And then you're talking about the villains that they've carried over either from the old games or through from the beginning of Cold Steel 1. NPCs, I think I mentioned it at one point, either on this show or when we were doing cartridges and quarters back in the day, that there's a fucking NPC that gets married to another and it becomes a big story over the course of four of these games. And it's such an innocuous little thing. But it, again, it's that from game one, you see them starting to be like, they're, they're like childhood friends and they haven't seen each other in a while. And then there seems to be this weird, like friction between them. The second game, you start to see, Ooh, there's something building here by the third game it's pretty obvious they're in a relationship and then by the fourth they're getting engaged and it's like that's just two npcs we're not even talking yeah. about relationships with major characters in the game these are just two people that don't have a voice at all in the game maybe i can't remember if they have voice dialogue in in the third or fourth game where some of the npcs get a little more voicing but like there's so many people that actually have some sort of storytelling in them 
It's amazing that they've done that. And to also bridge it with five other games that came before this four-game series is insane. And I know at some point I might actually take another dive into the old games. I do have them all wishlisted, so if they ever go on for a decent price, I might actually pop in and start trying them. Because now that I'm at the point that I've caught up, and Reverie isn't coming out until July 7th, I think... You know, I've I've still got some time. That's also why I chose to start replaying Cold Steel again, just to try to refresh a little bit. I There's no way I'm going to finish all four before July. But at the very no, least, I'll have a pretty good idea of who everybody is going in again, so that way I'm not forgetting some of the backstory. But, like, yeah. if I see a good price for Sky 1, 2, and 3, or if I find a good price for Azure and I forget the other one that's in that two-part series, I'll definitely take a look at those two because, A which we'll be talking about later in another conversation. I'm really burnt out on a lot of other things, so something like this would be a great time to, to get into. And then two, given how much I love what they've done in four games, I'd love to go actually go back and play some of the old games and be like, oh, so that's why that person's like this. Oh, so that's where this person came from. So you're going to get a little bit more information too. But apart from that, yeah. like I'm still enjoying the series as a whole. The only other thing I can, I've tried to do is um, I've been messing around with uh, Fuga Melodies of Steel on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I saw, I only tried it because I saw the second game popped up suddenly. So I'm like, okay, I better try this first one in case the second, or that, in case that one's getting taken off the store soon. It's not bad. Like, it's honestly like if you took, um, what's the best way to explain? If you took like Advance Wars and metal slug and turn it into a baby that also just was really into furries i guess is probably the best way to look at it and it's a charming little game it's not the game that i found myself like deep diving into i find myself when i start playing it i pop in for a chapter complete that and then i and i tune out again it's definitely not a game that i think i could just run right through it's it's fun for what it is but it's not like it's not going out of its way to hook, to hook me. I do like that it's interestingly enough, you don't get English voice acting in it. You have a choice between either Japanese or French, which oh. honestly does make sense though, because it's set in a World War II-esque kind of world. So actually, I normally you think I go Japanese because I'm a giant weep. No, I actually chose the French and it fits very well with the themes. So having yeah. that very eloquent and it also kind of raises the like despair that's going on too because the language is very very um poetic in a way so it really does like add on to the dreariness and the and the sometimes like absolute like inability to like they're gonna succeed like they're, they're gonna fail like everyone's gonna die kind of like bleakness to it yeah and then on top oh, yeah. of that it's just this really charming visual aspect so it's real. it's a nice interesting uh kind of mixture and the gameplay itself is perfectly fine again it's not you're not going to be asking too too much it's it's three different colors that you use to cause three different weaknesses the skills are here and there there's clearly more party members to gather i've even looked at the tier list and i think out of the six characters you start with two of them are in the top seven in most tier lists that i see or even remotely close so it looks like i'm not even near having like the best parties so i'm still kind of in that gauge of like okay i'm not going to get too attached to any of you because there's a pretty good chance you're getting taken out because you only can put six in at once yeah so okay. you're, you're you're not going to be hanging on to them very long but as it stands right now like it's a fun little game i i definitely suggest trying it out especially for those who have game pass because it's just it's a nice little thing to pop into especially if you're into strategy games it's definitely 
scratches that itch. I wouldn't go out there and say like, this is a game that you're going to get super locked into. Maybe some of you will, but I think this is more the kind of game that I will just pop into, clear a chapter, do something else. And then, you know, when I have another 30 minutes, 30 to 60 minutes, I'll pop in and do another. Nice. I've actually got that one on my, what does Game Pass call it? Like play later or something. Mm -hmm. It has like a, a queue where you can add games uh, so that they're 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 ready for you and your like playlist to come back to and play later. This is one I threw in there, so it's it's good that you've actually kind of given me a little bit of info on that. I might actually give that a go, kind of on the side. As like yeah, it's it's game. definitely a nice one to pot like, especially if um, because I still play the odd MLB the show. It's it's definitely a game that I think I could pop in if I have a podcast on and just kind of like just trounce through a chapter or two. It definitely scratches that that strategy itch that I've kind of been missing, though, because obviously, you know, I have a Switch, but Fire Emblem Engage has not really grabbed my attention at this point still. And Metal Slug Tactics still isn't out yet, so we're still waiting on that. Yeah, that's true. That so is it kind true. of scratches both those itches. It, I get the Metal Slug kind of look to it, and then I get a little bit of a, a little bit of a tactics thing, too. It makes me also miss Advance Wars a little bit. Yeah. Now, granted, I what was the what was the game that was sort of like that? I can't remember what it was called. It was an in, it was an indie game that came out like oh, a year or two ago. War Groove. Yes, that's War the one. Groove. War Groove. Yeah, yeah, I played through that. That was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, that also, was pretty Advanced good. Wars I I probably too. played like maybe six or seven chapters of it and just eventually didn't stick with it. But like it was, that's definitely scratched an itch that I hadn't had in a while. It's a shame that I couldn't stick with it, but. I think that's more of a of an issue with me personally right now than it is with the game yeah. because it just seems like most things right now just aren't grabbing my attention anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there's also Advanced Wars one and two, the the remake or the yeah. reboot. Or is it whatever. out yet or is it still? It came out. Finally yeah. came out like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's on my it's on my wish list, but frick, it's eighty dollars. Like. That's a lot yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow, no matter how much you like that series. Yeah, like I'm sure if it ever goes on sale, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like twenty, thirty bucks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and also, you mentioned if you wanted to play uh, Trails of the Sky, I do have the first one of those on Steam, and I know we can do like a family sharing yeah. kind of thing. So if you ever do want to get into that and don't want to have to buy it, um, let me know and. Uh, I mean, if they put it on for cheap, Falcom deserves a lot of my money based on based they on what do. those four games have done for me. So that's going to be the challenge too. And Reverie's finally out. If there's a collector's edition, I don't buy collect digital collector editions very often. Those are usually the games that I'm like, you've you've killed me real good. Like you actually have earned that. Oh yeah. And oh, also, yeah, again, I'm a giant weeb. Wacky ass costumes. I'm in. Yeah. They're just a little wacky. I'm always I'm always in on that shit. Uh, you know what else I'm in on though? As I as I try oh. to do my best segues, I'm out of practice on hosting, so I hope my segues are still kicking. But yeah, that, was a, uh, that was a kick. Steam is uh, starting to do 90 minute demos, which we saw with the Dead Space remake, and we've been talking about this a lot on I think both shows because I know we've talked about it on Cartridge and Quarters back in the day as well that we miss the old days of demos and like. Even like the old PlayStation One discs that had like six game demos on it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But even with the the day, like I like that Steam does a really good job of like with indie games where you can try out game. Like there's a lot of demos, but you don't see that generally with the big games. And technically, mm -hmm. this isn't really a demo. It's so much as them just opening it up for 90 minutes of gameplay before you can try it. 
Now I'm sure the reasoning is just because of the two hour um, chargeback thing that they do. And this is just their way of, okay, let's try to avoid some of the extra work that we're having to do here. Yeah. Cause people were buying games, trying them, hitting about the hour and a half mark. Cause you get two hours before you can return it. And it was probably more of a pain in the butt than just fine. Let people play a game for an hour and a half. They're not going to beat it. Like they're going to just get their feet wet kind of idea for most games, obviously like AAA and that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. I don't know if they're going to be doing it for all games, but they'll definitely find it for the ones that they know are like big name games. And ones that I don't know if you have to sign to be onboarded or anything, but like, I guess we'll find out as things go along with what games get that treatment. Yeah. It's probably developer done as well. Like developers have to opt in to let their game be yeah. 90 minute demoed, but I love it. I think that's such a good idea and the fact that it's also just kind of included in there um like i know switch sometimes has i think they're called like trials but like it's a demo that's i mean playstation has them too but they're behind a paywall that no one wants to pay right now yeah and nintendo's is actually locked behind the switch online as well so it's like a switch online trial or something they call it where you can play a game for a couple hours and they're great. It'll let you try like a triple A game, much like uh, PlayStations. But again, they're locked behind a paywall, so it's not like which you I can find just to be kind of ironic because when you really think about it, most of the big games on a Nintendo console, considering how few there are generally, you're basically going to be buying those anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. I you you think that what they would do like this is just from my perspective is that since they never charged them for good for decent sale prices ever just put it put the demo for free that's just another 60 plus dollars you're going to get out of your customers or at worst 40 because that's usually how low any of them ever go yeah it seems like a foolproof way to make a few more sales yeah it seems weird that again these demos are sometimes locked behind a paywall because the idea is to get people to try a game to maybe buy it and if you're making them pay for the process of getting to the demo you're just discouraging people who maybe would have bought a game yeah, I mean, sadly I enough, know, we fi- we figure at this point that PlayStation has put that behind premium because they knew there wasn't going to be much else to sell that tier on. Because yeah, clearly they've sense. shown with the retro part of their library, and I say retro loosely because I don't think PS3 counts still at this point. No, but um, they've they've made it clear that demos was going to be sort of a selling point, which is hilarious because it isn't. And Steam is now going to be showing that yeah, that's something that free that, that should be free because. You're just trying out a game in the same way that you would go to a store when you used to have the storefront display where you could do that. Yeah, you could just try the game. Yeah, it's crazy. When you think about it, I'm just realizing this now. Steam's going to have these demos. They're free. Online play, that's free. Like, all of these things that are normally locked behind a paywall on Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, all of them, you know, on Steam, they're just kind of included. And yeah, you don't I mean, even the offset buy... you can argue is that consoles are definitely going to be way cheaper than the most PCs that people are playing oh, games 100%. on Steam with, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, obviously, some people are playing on really cheap budget PCs, and they're just playing, like, low-tier games, but either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's interesting that all of these things are are kind of, you know, they're, they're good things, I guess, on PC to have, right? So, But I love these demos. I think that's such a good idea. Like, Dead Space itself... Kalen was doing his review of it and I was like getting all excited like maybe I want to try it this might be my perfect opportunity to see can I last an hour and a half and yeah and then we'll get on the show and you'll be like I made it 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that'll probably be something that's gonna happen because I do want to try it out and and you're pretty much spot on with how long I'll last I think it depends on how long I stay at the title screen maybe maybe what we do is we do a stream 
where we it's the both of us trying to play through the demo and we'll see how many jump scares each of us gets or how many times we each scream before we give up and see if, oh, yeah. any, if either of us make it past 90 minutes yeah i definitely am I, like i don't even know if i'd need more than the demo i feel like i would play and be like i've experienced exactly enough of how much <laughs> i wanted of dead space it is a beautiful game 10 out of 10 i beat it in 45 minutes and i'm done <laughs> like i'm not actually going to beat it but and yeah, it definitely leads to the conversation, great. too, of, like, not just AAA games. I think it would be really smart of Steam, too, to take this opportunity to use that as a platform for lesser-known for lesser known games. I think oh, it would be 100%. great if, like, whether it's once, whether it's every day or once a week that they, like, they put on their main page, like, here's a demo of a game that we think you guys should take a look at. I think daily would be easy for them, just given how many oh, games yeah. are on their storefront. And, I mean, you could recycle games, too. Like, who's going to pay attention? Like, somebody will have a master list on a website somewhere of each day that the demo's been released on, but who's going to care if 320 days later, Dead Space Remake is, again, the highlighted demo? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. But I I think it'd be a real neat idea, too, to be like, hey, if we're especially if they're going to be doing demos more widely, to be like, hey, here's a game that we think you that would be really cool and just put that as, like, their spotlight demo. Yeah. I think that's such a good idea. They could work it into Steam sales too, when they're highlighting some of the games on the front page. Yeah, and they're on. Sale. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be too difficult to somewhere like not right at the top banner, but like underneath a little bit on the far right side where they usually have a couple of things sitting there. Just pop yeah. them like, hey, here's the spotlight demo of the week or the day or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it would be something they could work in, and it would like I think this is going to be such a good thing because I think it's just going to drive more game sales on games and especially like you were saying on certain ones that aren't as well known it used to be where if a developer of a lesser known game wanted to kind of get spotlighted they either had to be put on the front page and usually that only happened if they had a sale now they don't have to put their game on sale or they could still do it it probably would make sense put a bit of a sale and put out the demo but the demo could be put front right you know right there center on the front page it's spotlighted and now all of a sudden that game is getting eyes on it much like it's on the homepage of twitch or something like yeah i mean like a great idea or a great example that would have been a game like a space for the unbound which is right now like right next to hi-fi rush is my game of the year and i only knew about that game well for two reasons one it was made by the same uh studio or not made by the same studio but made but published by the same studio that did coffee talk and because I was randomly flipped like this. There was a time where I was making content on my own personal channel, just going through random steam demos and seeing what I could find. And I found that one through that and I loved it, but not everybody is just going through the steam demo page and checking like whatever's there. So for a game, like a space for the unbound, you throw that on the spotlight for the week or even the day. And it's just, if people regularly check back on that and just say, Oh, that's kind of a really neat like visual style. I like that. Oh, this kind of looks like an old like Super Nintendo-ish kind of game. That, that okay, let's take a look at what that's about. And if they play that demo, it hooks you pretty good. Like the story that they have oh, in that yeah. is a pretty good story to hook people in with because it's it's lighthearted but also very realistic and depressing for a, a living in a place that's very poverish. Mm. So it definitely has it. It definitely gets its point across very quickly. So I think I think it would be a great scenario again to use demos as a way to promote especially lesser known games now granted that's not to say that triple a games shouldn't get their time in the sun too of course they do the hype machine must roll that's where the money gets oh, made but i think it also if you, especially if you're doing it daily it'd be a great way to get a lot of people a chance to to also get their time in the sun and for valve it's painless because you just basically click a thing 
that page directs to that page, and now you get to rake in some more money with a game that normally wasn't making you any sales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 just going to help Steam. It's just going to help the developers, and it's especially going to help us, the clients, because now we can try before we buy. But more people will end up buying because it's also bringing games to the spotlight. And then Steam gets its 30%. It's like, cool, I win. So yeah. It's kind of a win-win, win, really. That's a good idea. Yeah. Especially because it's it's free. It doesn't cost you anything as a consumer either. Yeah. So there, there's really just no reason for it not to be used well, and I hope that that's what they decide to do going forward. I mean, the fact that they're starting is already a good step, and then it's just mm -hmm. a matter of what does the next one look like. And if it's something like that, even if it's weekly, I don't care. Like, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, even if it is that. If it's once every six months, like, come on, that's, who cares? Like, that's one game, great, but... That's not nowhere near enough. It's got to be something where it's like at least I'd say weekly. Yeah. Weekly is probably more realistic to start, but I do think daily is a great idea. Yeah. Especially if, if you have enough, like there'd be so many indie developers that would jump head over heels for it. So it wouldn't be difficult to fill out 365 given how many games are on that storefront. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And the only, because the only developers that are not going to do it are people who have created a cheap game that can be beaten in, in an hour and a half. Yeah. Because then people are just going to play their game, beat it. And they're like, cool. There goes all their sales. But I, again, that game's probably like five, ten dollars anyway, so it doesn't fit in the same try before you buy. Because again, you get a sale fifty percent off; it's five bucks. People just buy it though, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's cool to see, and I hope that that is something that we get to see going forward and that we can really work on. And to flip to our last topic, something that's been working on has been this year. And it feels like it hasn't been working very hard. Now, this could be a personal opinion of mine. I don't know how you feel about it. But um, it, I'm a little sad that Kaylin's not here to talk about this topic, but it is what it is. I honestly have felt that we talked at the begin or the end of last year that 2023 was gearing up to be a crazy busy year. And we're halfway into May, and I feel like this has been almost as dead as last year was. Now, I may be wrong. It Like... You you might be able to tell me. Like, I know because Jedi Survivor wasn't on my radar at all, so that's different from my perspective. There are a lot of things out there. Like, for me, it's Hi-Fi Rush, and that wasn't even really a big oh, yeah. game. It was just came out of nowhere, so I don't even know if I count that necessarily. And then maybe beyond that... I don't know. Like, like what else do we really think of at that point? Well, there was Hogwarts Legacy that came out that was February? Was that February? Yeah, so. um, and I mean, depending on I how survived. you feel, but if you're a Harry Potter fan, you were. But if you aren't a Harry Potter fan, like you didn't give a shit. So it's kind no. of also that same thing where like it was a it was a niche that sold amazingly well because I mean it's its own market, so it did very very well. But when you think about um, the other levels of things that we've had, like Atomic Heart did not do well at all, and there was no. a lot of hype around that. Even if we're talking about uh, Destiny 2's new expansion, it's gotten a lot of flack. Like, a lot of Destiny fans are not happy with that, and Destiny's usually been pretty good lately in keeping their fans energized, and that hasn't gone very well. Um, we talked about being really excited for this game, and it fell right under the radar, and, and, I'm, and I'm also sad that Kalen wasn't here for this, but Crime Boss Rock A City went off like a fart in church and no one cared. It was a it was out? an absolute mess. It came out and it's a gigantic mess. Oh, that's and that not proves good. my point. Yeah. You didn't even realize it was out, did you? No. And the thing is, is like I get three hundred articles a day of video games news that I have to like scroll through, and I didn't even see that mentioned once in any article any day. When did and it? And it come is out? a fifty-two on Metacritic. That should tell you just how bad that Ooh, went. That 
Yeah, and we were all sitting is... there being like, we hope that succeeds because we wanted another ring in the Grand Theft Auto competition because Saints Row is kind of in lacking. Yeah, because Saints Row definitely. Yeah. And it didn't do That's much. Great. And then obviously we just had Redfall, which has been nothing short of a nightmare for, for Xbox and Bethesda oh, yeah. right now. I mean, oh, well, yeah. I shouldn't say a nightmare for Bethesda. They've gotten pretty used to that as of late with their releases as it stands. <laughs> but when you take all those alone, like at this point, you have what for this year? Jedi Survivor, Tears of the Kingdom, Hogwarts Legacy if you're a Harry Potter fan, and Hi-Fi Rush, which came out of nowhere. That's four games in five months right now. And yeah. I'm not going to count any games. I know there are going to be people that are screaming, well, what about this? What about this? No, no, no. We're talking about the hype machine generators. Yeah. And this There's to me is, that's game. it. Dead Island hasn't really done anything. I'm still interested to play it, but I'm not 80 bucks interested in playing it. If it was on Game Pass, I might try it right now, but it's not. So no, I will not. Um, yeah. And as it stands right now, in terms of what we think is going to come out, it's dead. Like, I went through, here's the list of games that have release dates right now that are probably, like, I would consider on most people's radars. Street Fighter VI. I don't think that's going to be make a big splash, though, because unless you're into the esports online community, you're probably yeah. not too hyped about this right now. Diablo IV. Yeah. That's a big name, but knowing blizzard lately there's a very good chance that this is a nightmare launch it probably won't be i think this is a game that should succeed very well but there's always that possibility because oh, i mean 100%. everybody remembers when diablo 3 came out it was a nightmare of a launch yeah it's it's blizzard they can take something awesome and launch it very crappily i mean the game was still it. fine but no one could play it <laughs> when it first yeah, came out yeah. yeah uh final fantasy 16 i have my thoughts about it i know you're excited for it Oh, super excited. But, like, that hasn't turned the needle for me, but that's mostly a me being mad at Square Enix case, which is my own oh, personal thing. Also, also 100%. <laughs> uh, Armored Core too. 6, but again, that is a from software thing, so it's still its niche market. Baldur's Gate 3, which is mostly there just from name recognition, but I wouldn't call it a big release. And then that just leaves Starfield, which at this point in time, we, all three of us would have collectively agreed we're not thinking this is going to go well. No, Starfield's going to be, like, I think it'll be fine. I just don't think it's going to be, like, I have zero interest in it. I got to yeah. be honest. I have no interest in Starfield. I'm curious what the news articles are going to say, but I have zero interest. If Starfield has an average of an eight, I'll be shocked. Like, that, to me, that's a success of Starfield is averaging eights. Mm. I'm I'm of the feeling that this thing is going to be so lifeless that so many people are going to get burnt out very easily on it. That's just my opinion, but who knows? I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But to go deeper, I looked at anything that I thought was a major potential release that hasn't been dated. And I still only came up with about six titles that I thought fit. Because I didn't count things like sports games because that's its own market. They'll always sell yeah. well and it's always a big yeah, deal yeah. for them. Alan Wake 2, which I think I automatically take off the list because I don't think that many people are looking forward to it anyway. Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed Mirage, which I don't even know if it'll be out this year. Yeah, it's supposed to be maybe. I think... Ubisoft is trying as hard as possible because without that, they have like nothing. Yep. So they need it. <laughs> but yeah. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which we still know nothing about, speaking of Ubisoft. Yeah. yeah. Or is that EA? No, that's Ubisoft, right? I think that's I think that's Ubisoft, yeah. Uh Final Fantasy yeah. VII Rebirth, which we have no date on, but if that does come out, that's probably gonna make a big splash. Oh yeah. 
Forza Motorsport, which again is a racing game, so it's just its own market, so I'm not even sure that counts. And then Marvel Spider-Man 2, which if it does come out this year, should be a big deal, and that's going to be Sony's big thing at the end of the year. Yeah, and I, I that's feel it. like that could... I mean, it could pull... Wasn't it Forza? Uh, Forza uh, Horizon Forbidden, Forbidden West. Wow, all these names are getting mixed up in my head. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I think that was supposed to be like a November launch or something, and it got pushed back. Yeah, it could get pushed to next year. It's possible. I mean, I know that they're planning for around October, it sounded like. That's the date that we keep hearing. But at this point, like... But when you take, like, this 12, I believe, games that I just listed there that either have dates or don't, that's all we know. Now, granted, we don't have all the showcases yet. I mean, apparently Sony's going to have one in the next 14 to 15 days, which... I don't know if it's going to happen now because you figure they would have announced this by now. Yeah, you'd think, yeah. Like, because Xbox already announced theirs for June. Like, yeah, so I we mean, have Xbox. Xbox I know Ubisoft first. is doing one. I'm pretty sure EA said they were doing one. Nintendo's probably doing something. So we're going to have a bunch of showcases soon. But what are the odds that what gets shown is going to be out in six months? Which is the other question. No, Especially with Microsoft, which... Yeah. We are pretty sure most of their signature titles that are in progress right now are not coming out this year because we know Fable sure as shit ain't. Perfect Dark sure as shit no. ain't. Elder Scrolls Six, yeah, sure as <laughs> shit ain't. I kept thinking like, yeah. is there is there been six? I'm like, no. Skyrim's been released on three consoles. It's still five. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else I'm missing. I'm sure there's one that I'm missing right now, but I'm I'm just blanking. But yeah, like from them alone, most of the major games are not coming out this year. So. We're getting to a point now that 2023, when we initially thought was going to be a crazy year, has been largely a disappointment. And that falls mostly on Microsoft's side at this point. Because Sony's at least carried it a little bit. Like, they've done their part. But for the most part, like, unless you're a Nintendo Switch person, you've got your one game this year. You're, You're happy. You've got your Zelda game. You're good. If you're lucky, you'll get some sort of Mario thing at the end of the year, if you're lucky. Because here's the thing. I'm sure a lot of people are screaming at their screens right now. Resident Evil 4, Dead Space, all these. I'm not, like, I'm legit not counting remakes. Because that's not a new thing. I know a lot of people are really adoring the Dead Space remake, the Resident Evil 4 game. Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered is getting unbelievable ratings from people. Oh, right. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. Those aren't new. I know that Resident Evil 4 has been completely remade, but that's not new. Final Fantasy VII, I'll argue, is because the story's different. And it also is so old and is completely changed. So I think I can make a case for that. But for the most part, and even if we... Okay, if we even say agree that, okay, well, that's a remake, it doesn't count. That makes this year even bleaker <laughs> if you take that out. <laughs> if you take out true. games that are just copy-paste like Forza, if you take any remakes like Final Fantasy VII Remake, this month or this year is getting deader and deader. And I don't know what in the next six months is going to get announced that suddenly changes that that aren't indie based. And it begs the question, is AAA just not performing? We talked last week with not with Nave that Xbox isn't performing. I'm starting to lean in the direction. I think the AAA isn't performing. I'm I'm kind of. I kind of like half agree with you. I don't disagree with you, but I don't fully agree maybe as much as you do. I think that a big part of it is maybe you're also having that burnout. You I'm more posing the AAA. question, not necessarily saying they are. I think there's yeah. a lot of mitigating factors. I think that we're also noting the negatives far more than the positives. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, Because when it comes to me in this year, it's weird because I think about it and I get really excited over the few things that I've got. It's like uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I'm a Harry Potter fan. I loved that game. Was it broken in parts and everything? Of course. Way too open world, all this other bullcrap. But the actual just Harry Potter-ness of being in Hogwarts, all of that, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I loved that. That game made me like giddy like a schoolgirl. Like I, I loved it. Um, and then Jedi Survivor, I've been loving that too. Again, really hit um, hard. Uh, and I've only played a bit of Tears of the Kingdom, but obviously that also, same thing. Um, and I think about those games, and I think about even like Burning Shores with the Horizon Forbidden West DLC. Again, I think I haven't got to dip my feet too much into that one just because of Jedi. But again, that's another thing where it's like, oh my gosh, that came out this year. That's already these four great games but then you mentioned that we're in the fifth month of the year we're almost halfway into the year and i am like well we're almost halfway and you realize and... just how much isn't announced which is the key too. Yeah. like it's not to say there aren't a lot of games announced and there might be a lot of games that are that are going to end up being like either game of the year quality or pretty high tier quality they're not the big names like we don't have the big list of players that we used to expect it may also just be a thing of like now that we have so much out there, it's easy for things to get lost or it's easy right. to focus in on like the Call of Duties and, and all this. It's also, again, so many franchises have been so overdone that I think we just don't care anymore. Yeah, that is also definitely true. I was, I've always been worried like about the Star Wars games and everything coming out and everything like you, it's just, I think Star Wars, you can make a case that it's not so bad because they're not, it's not like it's Star Wars 14, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's weird things. Like, I'm sure Star Wars Eclipse might be a really interesting property because it's a David Cage level thing where it's going to be completely different from what we normally get. Like, I think there, there's yeah. at least a toss-up between them. But, like, if we're talking, like, Call of Duty, Gears of War, Halo, Final Fantasy, like, it feels like we're at a point now that there's not as many new ideas which is unfortunate because the ones that have succeeded have done very well. And then it's also what makes a game like Redfall so disappointing because you want to see more yeah. fresh ideas out there and they're not succeeding because, as we said last week, a lot of studios are just not putting in their best work right now, which is putting a lot of damage to new ideas. Yeah. I think for me, it's not that it not that all AAA isn't performing because, again, I've had Hogwarts, I've had Jedi, I've got Zelda... Um, I want to get um, Fire Emblem Engage, um, Final Fantasy 16. I'm super excited for, Spider-Man 2 I'm super excited for, and Assassin's Creed Mirage, just from what I've read and my complaints about Assassin's Creed, seems like this might be kind of taking into account my complaints and so. maybe I'll want to try it. So I do have a bunch of things that I'm excited for, but it's I think as I think about it, it's just that we've only got these few ones that have come out and it's certain studios and normally yes what we've really just had probably this from sony so far the dlc and then a game's coming later yes probably nintendo's released a zelda and a fire emblem and that's all we'd have at this point yeah no that's probably what we'd normally have but it's kind of like where's everybody else like it seems like we've been waiting on ubisoft's been dead quiet ea's been mostly dead quiet apart from jedi survivor but like ea used to be like mirror's edge and all these other different properties where it just feels like very like it's why i'm just i'm so mad that i want to hope for mass effect and dragon age to be good again and i don't expect them to at this point because it's just been so long yeah for sure yeah because it's kind of like 
a lot of these other studios have been so quiet. Like there's Konami, there's Capcom, there's and Capcom's putting out the Resident Evil remakes, and they've got Street Fighter Six. So yeah, like they're doing fine with Monster Hunter more... Rise as well. Also Monster Hunter Rise, yeah. So I guess Capcom is one that um, it's just personal preference that I haven't really. Well, yeah, like the like Capcom is keeping themselves busy, but Capcom also for the longest time hasn't really had like the gigantic name that is at the front page. Like, I'm sure if Resident Evil Nine becomes like something akin to the older Resident Evil games again, and not the first person ones, like it's not to say that people weren't excited with the first person ones either, but like. I think if we saw a brand new game much more like the remakes have been, I think people would also get a little bit more excited for that again. But yeah. like the thing, all the things that we were looking forward to just have kind of vanished. And then the new ideas have not necessarily grabbed attention as much either. And I think this yeah. is still partially a rebounding from COVID kind of situation. I mean, we even saw that there's layoffs going with deviation games and Sony side. So it just seems like right now there's a lot of influx in the industry so I'm sure yeah. that's not helping. Yeah, definitely. Especially like I don't know if that's what's going on with Xbox or what the heck is going on with Xbox, but something definitely is with their big big releases. Like they have so many studios and maybe that's why I'm noticing it as much because sure it's like, "Oh good, something's coming out on the Switch." Oh good. Um, you know, I've got a couple games on the PS5 that are coming out which surprisingly aren't really Sony games, but you know, there's a couple, Hogwarts and, and um, Jedi. And besides that, it's kind of like, hey, well, what's the big PC release? Like, there well, are things I we're looking some... forward to, but if we're not counting indie games or, like, more niche games, like, again, Trails into Reverie is my big thing right now, but that's a niche yeah. JRPG. Sea of Stars, I know we're both looking forward to, but that's an indie. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot yeah, of things, like, sure. the AEW video game is something I'm looking forward to. Um, The Aiden Chronicles game is a big thing that we're looking forward oh, to. Oh, yeah. But they're not the big ticket ones. They're not the t- the end of an E3 showcase-level stuff. And it feels like those games aren't coming right now. And it just, no. it it kind of puts a damper on it. But I think also, again, it, it comes down to a, a, a lot of different factors. Like, again, 100%. we're older, so we're get, we're definitely a lot more jaded. That's a big part of it. Uh, I think because of the massive amount of games there are, it's easy for our d- attention to be diverted in other directions. And again, like a lot of things, are, we're, I think we're just at this point, and maybe, I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with me on this, I think a lot of the core concepts that are being pushed in AAA gaming right now are now in the phasing out stages. You know, where it's a lot of multiplayer, um, online-focused, loot boxing, um what's the word I'm looking for? Battle Royale, like a lot of these kind of things. And we're starting to get pretty turned off on a lot of these things. Oh, hundred percent. So a lot 100%. of things are just not hitting to us even to, to begin with. Yeah. And it's, it seems to be that an open world because Hogwarts, Jedi, tears of the kingdom, they're all open world. And the only one I have to be honest that I truly love is tears of the kingdom with its open world because it doesn't have collectibles. Mm-hmm. It literally is just, what are you talking you about? The Koroks multiple... exist, don't they? Oh, right. I guess <laughs> there's a collectible. There is one. Um, there's probably another one I'm forgetting, too. Um, but it's more like open world in the sense of like, all right, there's a shrine there. How the hell do I get there? I have so many ways I can yeah. do it. Whereas like Jedi Fallen Order was open world, but I was able to 100% that game twice. Once on PC, once on Xbox. And it only took me like 20 and a bit hours to do it both times. So it was open world, but it was very small and contained. This game, this newer one, Jedi, like just the fact that there's this one 
trophy and it, you have to find 100 shards to go and do it. And also there's been, I had like find 12 plants, find 12 fish, find like... I think again, it, it really it really proves the point that like a game like Hi-Fi Rush has kind of shown us that there is definitely a desire for shorter, condensed experiences yeah. rather than just every game being forty to fifty hour collectathons. Yeah, because I'm at almost forty hours in Jedi Survivor, and I was playing on easy, like not story mode, the easiest, but not even normal because the game's like kind of Dark Soulsy, which I didn't want to deal with. I don't have time, so I put it on easy and just played it like a normal action game, basically. Um, and the fact that while playing on easy, even beating the story, and I have no complaints, the amount of time it took me to beat the story and everything was like 32 hours or something like that. I have no complaints with that because I was fully into it the whole time during that stuff because the story kept me going. But the fact that I've now been doing the afterworld cleanup for like six hours and I still have a lot more to go. It's like, what is all this? Like, this is... It's it's definitely point. showing that I think, like, there needs to be more of a focus again on games. Like, say, like, an Uncharted 4, which is about 15 to 20 hours. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's more of a... And- not, it's not necessarily linear, because there are sections of that game that are a little more open. But, like, it's not just a go walk aimlessly until you find a village with a couple of things to do that aren't really that important. Like, I feel like there needs to be these shorter, condensed experiences again. And I hope yeah. that that's a hi-fi rush kind of it encourages that a little bit, but probably not because we know that the more open world a game is, the more easy it is for them to put other uh, things that people can buy so to make the journey faster. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's weird. Like you take Jedi survivor from before, uh, for, sorry, fallen order from before all of the collectibles were these chests and all of them, it was like a new jacket or a new lightsaber piece or whatever for Cal. Like, and it was cool because then you'd find it, you'd go to a workbench and it's like, I love this poncho, I'm throwing it on. I love this new lightsaber, I'm gonna customize my lightsaber and make it look this way now. Like, it was enjoyable to find the collectibles. Now they've made it where you have to find a hundred shards and then you go to a store and now you can buy some of the collectibles. But there's also like a hundred chests scattered around that also have the lightsaber bits and the and the jackets and the pants and all of that. So yeah, it's it's to the point where you're almost like, I like this one. Why am I going to do all this extra work then? Yeah, well, so I'm for just another chess. one when I like this one that I got just from playing the game. Yeah, and it's only like there's multiple planets in the game. One of them has a hundred of these things, and that's the one attached to a trophy. There's two other planets that have collectibles where it's like scrolls or something you find which you use to buy in the store, and it's again to buy more customizable parts. Now the customization with Cal is amazing. But, like, the fact that it's not just tied to finding these chests, which were a lot easier and more fun to do anyways, because be hidden behind a waterfall, it's like, oh, how do I get to that? Like, it added some mystery, where now it's like, hey, there's a hundred of these little pebbles somewhere. You got to find them, as well as the chests, as well as the 12 fish in little ponds, and as well as the 12 different plants, so you have to cut down plants as well as there's 12 of these shards that you have to go and do battle arenas in, as well as there's like 50 of these other shards that give you health and force upgrades. And it's just like... It's just a giant slot. Oh my slot. God. Why is there so many things and so many of these were attached to trophies? And I mean, we, we talked about it before, but it's, it's partially on us because we started gauging, getting your money's worth in terms of how much time you put in the game. Yeah. Like, and I think that's that's kind of the downside is we did it we we acted so much about that for so long that it it's now gone the other way where the scales have now been tipped where games are now getting arguably too long, yeah. and it's now getting to a point where people are getting burnt like myself who just 
I played for Horizon Forbidden West uh, Burning Shores and literally refused to do any side content. I said, screw it. I'm just playing through the story and finish it in a few hours. Because I was just yeah. like, it, none of this is going to matter. Like, none of these people are carrying over. None of these stories are probably that interesting. It's just, oh, my sister's gone missing. Help me. I find the sister. They're like, thank you. And it's done. Like, there's nothing yeah. adding to it. No, it's just, yeah, it's just for the sake of doing more stuff and being in I didn't even world. put any of the new cosmetic content, it, like, in there. She had the same outfit on that I had on her when I left. It, oh, it never yeah, changed. I still have to beat it, but I'm, like, two or three of the main story things in. I did one side thing, and I was like, eh. Uh, so I'm just going to focus on the story. I'm not doing anything new cosmetic. I, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Like, I'm yeah. just going into it, and I'm going to do that. So I, I wanted, this is going to be a bad way of kind of explaining my point, but I'm looking at Metacritic's top games of the year right now. And I just want to go through it briefly and just showcase what mm -hmm. I mean. So from top to bottom right now, Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, perfect. After that, Metroid Remastered. Take it off the list. It's a remaster. Witcher yeah. 3 for Xbox Series X. Very old re-release. Doesn't count. Tetris Effect. Already a re-release. Doesn't count. Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Remake. Kind of different, still really an old game, doesn't count. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Expansion Pass, that's DLC. How is that sixth? That's also just really sad. <laughs> yeah, that actually shows the And then it's Resident right Evil there. 4 twice, so it's more consoles. Persona 4 Golden on Switch, super old game. How is that, yeah. of course, but re-release? Moss Book 2 niche VR game, not really a thing. Dead Space Remake, Hi-Fi Rush. You, I even say we can take Hi-Fi Rush off the list because it's still very niche. I don't even think it's, I yeah. call it triple A either. No, I, I would say that's like a, like an A or a double A, whatever those yeah. type of games are. It's one of those. Now I'm going to keep skipping other games that are already there. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Expansion. Doesn't count. Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. I don't even know if that's an expansion or a new version in Dead Cells. It's, but again, it's just DLC. In, so, but that's indie game. Res Infinite. Right. I don't know if that's new or a re-release for the PSVR 2. Either way. I'd still it just got updated to work on PSVR 2. I think that yeah. was on PSVR 1. Yeah. But then beyond that, Monster Hunter Rise, re-release again. Hogwarts Legacy. Okay, we can probably put that on the list. So that puts us yeah. up to what? Two games that qualify? <laughs> yeah. And we're at, so and by the way, we're at 20 now. Yeah. Uh Theatrhythm Final Bar Line. That's just a niche Final Fantasy game. Yeah, that's uh, a rhythm Persona game. 3 Portable, re-release. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Super old re-release. Oh, it got the console release. Wow, that's not even... Like, that game's been on PC forever. That exact edition. Yep. They just made it controller compatible and put on Xbox. Legend of Heroes oh. Trails to Azure. Technically re-released, but was never released in America. So you know what? But it's still not AAA. Space for yeah. the Unbound. I'm glad that that's top 30. But also, that's really sad that, that, that a small-known indie game is top 30. That's not a good sign either. Returnal re-release. Jedi Survivor is 33. Octopath Traveler, still an RPG, so it's still kind of niche, but that's 34. Humanity, which I've heard really good things about, uh, that yeah. just came out, that's 35. Paranorma Sight, it looks like some anime game that I've never heard of before on Switch. Never okay. heard of that either. Atelier Rise of 3, more anime Jap Japan JRPG stuff, okay. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass. I can keep that's, going, but we're at 40 now. Yeah. Does that not explain my point of how not great yeah. this year has been so far? Now, granted, that's just ratings from Metacritic, just aggregates. But when you think about, like, oh, I just had to scroll down a little bit further. Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is 43. 
There we go. Game of the year. Now we're now we're all good here. But I keep scrolling down and like, I'm trying to see what the next big thing is. And I'm now in the 60s, and I'm not there yet. 65 MLB the Show 23 sports game, but I think I still think Sony does a great job of that. If there's any sports game oh, again, yeah. I'll recommend to people that's the one. Uh, it's kind of sad that WWE 2K23 is is top 75. That's that also is a sad sign given the state of the last Ooh. WWE game that came out. Uh, yeah. as I'm getting down to 80s, it's still still well, like a Dragon Ishin, but I think that's a re-release technically. I think it was. I think it was a re-release. Uh, Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which again is a niche market because you're basically into Soulsborne games. Yeah. Uh, Honkai Star Rail, which is a free-to-play. I've heard actually that's probably one of the better free-to-play games, but I still don't know if I ever want to take part in that these days because I, I just know, know what, what I'm is. walking into. Mm. And as I finally get to oh, the hundreds, Fire Emblem engages at 95, and that's wow, it. That's, so it's a oh. lot of indie, a lot of re-releases, but like. It's not been a great 2023 because like we said earlier, like games like Redfall, games like Atomic Heart, like the ones that we thought might have made a dent have not. No, yeah, there was ones that, yeah, I think that might be what it is. It's like there's been the correct amount of releases. It's just they're either old ideas or the new ones aren't hitting. Yeah, like anything that is new, Atomic Heart, Redfall, that kind of stuff, which is like new IP or new ideas at least. Yeah, they they haven't hit. All the stuff that's hit is an established franchise um, where you're looking at Zelda, Jedi, and, and and Hogwarts. We'll say those three. All established franchises, and that's probably why they sold. If they weren't those franchises, probably wouldn't have sold as well. And it kind of brings Just up like, the concern oh, again for like other new IP down the line, like something like a Vow that Microsoft is working on as well. So like... You you start to wonder: Are we kind of destined for the AAA to be the stagnant remakes, re-releases, and tenth plus sequels? Because yeah. it's starting to feel that way, and it's kind of a it's not a great position to be in. And I don't. The solution is difficult because I mean, new ideas have to be released well in order to gain traction. It's I mean, Horizon was one of those. And even yeah. now, I'm like, I'm wondering how interested people are going to be with a third Horizon game. Because I know Forbidden West got decent reviews, but I think a lot of people also were not as nearly impressed after the second game compared to the first. Yeah, it's not, it might not be a game that holds as well for like three open world Yeah, it's games. not like a, if God of War had a third game, even though it sounds like it probably won't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like uh, gaming's going the way of Hollywood. You know, the franchises are getting you'll have your big hits like your mcu movies and stuff but like for the most part it's either there's the ones way at the top there's nothing in the middle and then there's the other bar where it's everything else yeah yeah that's crazy because it sounds like we're we're either going to be in an age where like indie is going to start really having having a bit more of a splash or maybe maybe we have to find like what we could be considering as like a double a yeah yeah. Which means me, Sony's like, kind I, of I, sort I, of got with some of their studios, like when we saw things like Bug Snacks and things of that ilk. Yep, Stray. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it's it sounds like maybe that might be the future where you have these cheaper projects that also like do a little bit better. I don't know how much like Hi-Fi Rush, for example, cost compared to say what a Redfall or a Starfield does. I'm sure it was nowhere near the near the. Uh, oh, level. I would assume nowhere near those ones specifically. Yeah. Well, I th- I think that's that's an interesting way to see where things start to go moving forward. Is maybe it's just that. 
the big ticket games like they're they're either in a super succeed or super fail state whereas you're going to start seeing more like indie developed games and more like smaller studios attached to bigger publishers that start to produce like like pretty decent sevens eights and nines at a much more cheaper cost both from their side and in terms of what we pay yeah for sure and i could see that actually being something good because it would help a lot with first money because it's cheaper for them and us um plus it's that they're no longer stuck with trying to make like all right we're making a harry potter we're making a star wars this has to be huge it has to be big it's got to be open world it's got to be this thing it's going to be 90 dollars. we need people to feel like it's worth it it's going to take four years to come out and then probably let everybody down it's why um, i'm disappointed they... like a marvel midnight suns didn't do so well because that seemed like the most like perfect option of taking a really established license and also making something that probably isn't too cost intensive yeah and, and I've it heard seems really like it didn't do very well it. which is a shame I've heard really good things about it. I just think that, yeah, for some reason, sales weren't what they were expecting because maybe the type of game? I, don't I think know. also, maybe like, marketing. and I may be totally off base, but I think Avengers kind of took people off course with Marvel a little bit if it wasn't coming directly yeah, from sure. Sony. Because I'm sure Spider-Man 2 is going to do just fine. I'm sure Wolverine will do just fine when that comes out too. I think it might have just been the, eh, it's Marvel, but it's not being made by a Sony developer. Mm. Yeah, that is true. It's so. possible. I mean, also, that too, is XCOM true. is a pretty pretty niche uh, audience. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it could be that for sure. Yeah, but if you get, like, the hi-fi rushes, it lets developers just try something new. It's not like where, oh, well, we got to make sure it's the heaviest graphics and the coolest concept and open world this and that. And, and honestly, like, I prefer that over what we get with, like, you know, whatever Assassin's Creed puts out. I It's just not going to be as oh, interesting 100%. to me. Like, hi-fi rush is probably one of my favorite games in terms of its stylings because it isn't. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you and I, we, we have friends that talk about how games are maybe getting too real. And my argument is they can get as real as they want. What's great, though, is that we have now can have a balance. Like, I was talking to friends the other day because I've also been kind of sort of dipping my toe into Persona 5 again. But, like, what I want to see with the next Persona game is I want to see them get real close to being dead on anime in terms of their graphics. Like, what Guilty Gear Strive is kind of doing right now. Uh, yeah. I would love to see games go that route. Where because you have that processing power, now you can make games look almost like you're literally playing an anime on screen. Yeah. And it, but like you can have the ones that are super real, but you can also have the ones that are so stylized and slick. I mean, Neon White was a great example of that too. Oh yeah, that's a really good example. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, uh, like even if you take games like Stray or something, like just the graphical style where it was real, but also. Yeah, it also like felt like a little robot, more realistic, right? but also kind of had the same edges like a near automata sort of kind of looking yeah, thing too. Yeah, exactly. So it was neat because they could experiment and just kind of like design a world and they didn't have pressure to make it fit within existing canon and this and $90. So it's got to be open world and huge amount of collectibles and huge amount of this. Like they could just do something fun and only charge like $30 for it because it cost them a lot less to to make and they probably enjoyed making it even more because it's just whatever they want it to be and people love it hi-fi rush they loved it stray for the most part people liked um i don't think it hit as hard obviously as like say hi-fi rush but yeah hi-fi I mean, we'll see it, stray like, got game of the year nominations oh that's true it did it did so we'll see what yeah, hi-fi so take... rush does at the game awards i have a feeling that that probably won't do as well just because of how early it was put early. in the market uh, it's kind of the same way with oscar movies like you figure the ones that are released very early in the year don't get nearly as much attention as the ones released towards the end 100 percent. yeah no, i hope hi-fi rush gets some nominations because as far as i'm concerned that's a game of the year nominee to me 
oh, but I, I have a, I have a feeling that if year. it gets any nominations, it'll be things for like style or music or something like that. I doubt I'd see it as a game of the year nominee. I don't know. From a few people, I mean, this is just people on Twitter, but I've seen people still saying to this day, Hi-Fi Rush is their game of the year game so far this year. And if here's here's my hot take, though. If it does get a nominee, I don't think that's necessarily because the game is that good. I think it may be a blight on how bad the year might be. Oh, 100%. If it does win, if it beats Not even Final if it wins, Fantasy, if it gets nominated. Oh, yeah, true. Because yeah, it's not it, beating if, Tears of the Kingdom. Let's be completely honest here. Yeah, Tears no, of the Kingdom is probably yeah. game of the year already at this point. That's probably game of the year. But if, like, say Final Fantasy 16 doesn't get nominated, or Jedi Survivor, or Hogwarts Legacy, like any of these big games with big IPs don't get nominated. Actually, at this point, do we think there's doesn't... any game right now that will get nominees aside from Zelda at this point? Assuming knowing what we know right now? Because I don't know if Jedi Survivor does. I don't think Hogwarts Legacy does either. I think it gets nominees for other things, but I don't know if it's get as a Game of the Year nominee because I think enough people who reviewed it know that it's not a great game. If I would think that it would get it if there isn't... Like with that would depend on if the, the rest, rest of the year, year is really dead. That you yeah, know what? If, the, if Hogwarts gets a nomination, that's an even bigger blight on the year because I think Hi Fi Rush should get the nomination well before Hogwarts ever should. Yeah, like if if the rest of the year is bad, it would be basically Tears of the Kingdom. It wins, and then runners up are Tears of the Kingdom uh, Jedi and Survivor. other games. <laughs> yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, if we're uh, guessing, but, like I would say Spider Man Two probably should be at least in the running think, to get a nomination. Yeah, they'd have to really screw that up because they have such a good form formula going they don't need to change anything like don't even worry about making the graphics any better really or like just do some touch-ups like yeah. make buildings look a little nicer or make the swinging a little i think more we're more smoother, just excited but... for the spectacle of like now we're getting into the big characters we're getting into venom now like this is going to get real yeah, interesting. yeah like, i think final fantasy is, 16 has a chance like here's my thing i'm taking my bias out of the equation i actually believe that 16 is going to get very well reviewed that's my sense I just think it might not be for me. That's kind of where I'm leaning. Because like when everybody's like, oh, it's going to be an edgier one, that doesn't grab me anymore because I'm not 18. Yeah, and that's another yeah. thing that I was talking about recently with some friends. I think when people are like, oh, it's an edgier version of this, I'm like, no, I don't want that anymore. Life's depressing enough as it is. <laughs> Like edgy, like squall, like he just says whatever all the time. Well, <laughs> no, I think we're talking like the more gritty, violent, like stuff. Because clearly, it the game is like the R-rated Final Fantasy. To me, that yeah. wasn't a selling point because I'm well past that point of like blood's not going to suddenly grab me anymore. No, because no. look at God of War. God of War is far better now to me than it's ever been because it's now more about it's like deep storytelling rather than just being a gore fest of fighting giant monsters. Which don't get me wrong, I liked in playing the two new games. But, like, it wasn't nearly as big a deal for me back in the original days. Oh, same. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's, there's been a couple good games, but, yeah, I think that, that the actual other releases, it's, I feel like that's what it is for me personally. There's a couple good ones, but some other ones I was expecting to kind of fill in the gaps. Like, maybe Diablo those. 4 and maybe Starfield if it blows it out of the water. I think Diablo 4 is a better chance. Oh, Diablo 4, how you Maybe feel like Armor has a Core, chance. if it does come out this year, just because, again, Souls, well, from, from Software has just done a really good job of getting votes anyway. Yeah. Diablo 4 has had a couple weekends where it's allowed everybody to go in and, like, basically play the beta. And uh, there's only been good, like, yeah. praise that come out of that. So that's why I feel like it has a better chance than Starfield. Starfield, I can just feel how bored I'm going to be in the game already. Like, I haven't even touched it yet. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that, like, 
before Tears of the Kingdom came out, if we had been asked the question, what do you think Game of the Year is? I think most of us would have said Hi-Fi Rush, and that's as as much as I love that game, that's not a great sign if that's the one. Yeah, true. Now Tears that of the is Kingdom true. has come out, and now it's like, okay, who's second place? <laughs> and yeah. we'll see where we go from there. Uh, the and, and again, it might, it might just be like, our personal taste like if we like again oh, if sure. we had somebody who's like 16 on the show we'd get a much different outlook on things game of the year but is i think right now like for for our generation for a lot of us unless you're like super still into like the multiplayer online aspect of things it's been pretty quiet and it's not to yeah. say that it won't get busier because again we're gonna have a lot of like come back we'll come back to this topic probably in like late june early july when we have a good sense of like any other release dates coming out but as it stands right now like i'm a little concerned just from how little there is and i don't even know what gets announced in these showcases that's coming out in six months that suddenly tips that scale unless there's a lot of surprises that we just didn't know were being worked on and we're almost ready to go yeah like that they'd have to drop another hi-fi rush which won't be a triple a game it would be again the double a or whatever yeah, like this the big game games that we compared. know xbox is coming out we're almost certain that they're not coming out even for two no. years at this point right the only one i'm expecting to well i guess two because starfield i do expect starfield's gonna launch and forza motorsport because and hellblade game potentially and, oh and hellblade okay i'd be excited for hellblade i would be excited for that but again that's another i'd say it's that's sort of like of, a double a plus with how like how the budget they've kind of put on this one yeah it definitely has a higher budget but it's kind of like plague tale with mm. the rats like it's not necessarily triple a yeah you're kind of wondering where the needle tipper is now yeah yeah but again those are smaller kind of developers you know they have just their their couple things they work on not necessarily like a big release all the time so those ones you know we're not as upset it's a smaller team working by the way my brain game. just kicked in games that could be getting nominees i ca again because we've been pushing out remakes and remasters resident evil 4 probably gets on that list oh yeah that is totally on there because there's been nothing but amazing things said about that especially how the game runs on everything like yeah that's definitely going to be a nominee. but that's also sure. the thing too we're like i try to tone that out because my idea of a remake being nominated for an award is uh... yeah yeah it's tough because like like it is a remake in the sense that that entire game was rebuilt from the ground up but at the same time it's like oh but you know the writers didn't have to work very hard like could you imagine <laughs> a year where a remake gets game of the year like how depressing that would be yeah that's just a re-release like, it, like again, me, it i is... love final fantasy 7 remake if that one game of the year i'd be like mm, i don't know how i feel about that because that shouldn't yeah. be a thing no it should be you know best they, like you'd figure there'd be another category like best remake of the year best remaster of the year and then best actual game of the year kind of thing right yeah yeah i mean as, as a whole like i'm still excited for what's coming down the pipeline it's just weird that it's mostly not triple a anymore and again like i said it may just be because we're getting older we're not nearly as zoned in on that level because you know we've we've seen what the core does so we know what we know what yeah. to expect from the mainstays so now we're looking for those new experiences i think that's a big part of my burnout is that i've seen everything so i'm looking for something else that's why a game like trails of cold steel was so different to me because it was a it was an old school jrpg in a way but it was also doing something that most jrpgs haven't done in a long time which is tell a story that actually carries weight instead of it just being 
a here's a bunch of characters here's a main baddie and by the way god's gonna come in at the end and just reroute everything whereas trails of cold steel was like hey you want to go back and play five games and then play four games of this really overarching story that takes place on three different continents and has like a hundred different players sure (laughs) or like hi-fi rush which comes out and be like hey you just want to play a dumbass game about being a guy bashing people in the face with a guitar to the beat of a song yes i do do you want to play a game that's just you in a in a coffee shop in like two in the morning just talking to a bunch of you know D D meets seattle like coffee culture level kind of visual novel yes i fucking do do you want to play a open world dark world level you know 60 hour epic journey of you collecting a bunch of bear asses i've done that about 10 times already i think i'm good (laughs) yeah because it's funny because all the games you're mentioning that are really good um everything from coffee talk to hi-fi rush all the way up to persona the difference there is from what i hear is good writing that's games with that's another really part good of writing cuz and and they're all different style obviously like hi-fi rush was written to be like a saturday morning cartoon but it was written perfectly in that style it was what it set out to be and it was well done like it was witty it was funny and it was endearing it was wholesome it was all the stuff you'd want from a saturday morning cartoon where while i haven't played persona obviously to have story that's overarching over that many games including just npcs that's really well done writing and then coffee talk same thing the game like sure you can find it very cozy to make the drinks but it's the story that you're involved in and obviously the art and uh like the pixel art and it's it's if it didn't have that good writing if you didn't really care about each individual character that comes in who cares if you can make them a coffee like you're not going to play that game so it's yeah i mean you look at a game like assassin's creed like were the stories for assassin's creed games ever really that good i would say at at their best they were maybe c plus b minus level stories yeah but at the time when they first started coming out the concept was different and fresh Yes. When yeah, Horizon like the, Zero Dawn that, came uh, out, was it amazing story? I wouldn't say it was great. I'd say it was like a B story at best, but it was because of the world that we saw. It was so different from what we normally saw. Yeah. Whereas, and that story actually did hook me. That story yeah. did have me. I wanted to know what happened to the people before us. And I, I was really yeah. into that. And that's like an example of like a more recent game, but it's a fresh, fresh thing. Even Forbidden West, a lot of people said the story was just not nearly as engaging, which I would agree with. Oh, 100%. And then then you look at a game like The Last of Us. Does anybody really talk that much about the gameplay in that game? No. No, because that is just pure story. It's not to say the gameplay isn't a big deal, but I think at the same time, we're at a point now that just just having good gameplay is no longer like an amazing thing. Like we're not in the old age of like Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo games. We're having like really cool and like inventive gameplay was a big deal. Now games are just going to play well. That's the expectation. Unless you're doing something ridiculously different. Like death loop is a great example where the story is not great, but the concept was fantastically well done, but that doesn't happen very often. Even Spider-Man games is the, is the gameplay. The gameplay is amazingly solid, but the story still backs it up. It does very, like it still make maybe B plus A minus at best. It's not like the top tier of storytelling, but it's very well done. 
Yeah. I think it's at a point now that unless your game is specifically focused to be like on gameplay and there is no story, if you're an open world game, you better be making some better stories now because just having a giant map doesn't mean anything anymore. And it's starting to show. And I think that's that's a big part of our burnout too. And like oh, 100%. you you can't just have a game that's world. just, oh, go into this open world and find and explore. No you need to give me a reason to explore this world now. I I can play better games that do the exact same you're already advertising. If you yeah, have a game 100%. like Redfall, it's like this multiplayer, you know, you know, first person adventure where you're going around and just beating stuff like stuff and slowly gaining levels. No, there are games that do that better. Even before Lightfall, Destiny 2 is a far better example of doing that. And that also comes with raids and things like that and it's very and it's been pre-built with a lot of extra content. There's even games yeah. like I'm excited for Payday 3 because that's a cool experience that you don't get on very many kind of games. And even no, then, it yeah. might not end up being that great, but it's still something that sells a little bit differently than, say, just another game that's you and a couple of friends, like another Borderlands clone, essentially, right? Right. So it, it's just at the point now that you can't just get by on taking an idea that works and putting a different coat of paint on it. You have to really put the work in, and especially if it's a single-player experience, like an open-world game, that story needs to hit. You need a B minimum story now for it to matter because unless your gameplay is something so different than the norm, if you're just a open world like hack and slash, you better have a good story now because there's enough games out there that already do it better. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, it's it's this isn't the PS1 days, PS2 days, or like SNES and NES where... It was all gameplay because you couldn't put much story in there. Um, I mean, we even saw is... that in the PS2 days where everybody was making a JRPG that had anime c- girls on the cover, and they were all terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you have to have, you know, good gameplay in this. Like, you got to focus. Like, if you're going to be Tetris, obviously the story doesn't exist. It better be just great music and addictive gameplay. If you're going to be The Last of Us, your story better kill because the, you know, third-person going into cover and shooting things stuff like uncharted has been done and let's face it that gameplay isn't overly exciting for a long period of time without breaks and some reason to continue forward which is always the story always yeah it's 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 definitely a case now we're going forward like we're not looking for x kind of genre game anymore we want x genre game plus something to really to really put it over the edge. And I think that's and I think that's just native of the industry growing to what it is. You said the Hollywood uh problem that happens now. We're just things have gotten so big that we're getting to a point where the big players are just copying each other's ideas and not really yeah. doing much else. And it's now the indies that are going to come through and really shine. And honestly, I'm okay with that, but it means the hype train is harder to get behind because you don't really know what indie games are going to do well until they come out. It's you can yeah. see a trailer and you have might have a decent idea like sure when we saw something like you know um oh my god uh like Stray like we initially thought it was going to be really cool. I personally didn't get the big deal of it, but I know a lot of people liked it, but it's one of those things that like you won't know until you try it. And if yeah, that exactly. game hadn't been free, there was no way I was going to risk spending money on that because I didn't know. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Again, that's the advantage of Game Pass. And we were talking about that the last week where now I don't have to think about it. I can just try it. I tried Fuga Melodies of Steel and 
I like it, but it's not amazing. But at least I don't feel as bad for paying, like, I don't know how much it is on Steam, but if it was, like, 25 30 bucks, I'd feel pretty bad about that purchase, honestly. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I guess no, the, I guess the last question is, what what are you looking to see... Like, how, let's let's put it this question. So we can probably argue if we can't, don't count remakes, we have maybe, what, two, maybe three big hits. So we have Hi-Fi Rush, Jedi Survivor, actually four, Hogwarts Legacy, and Tears of the Kingdom. And let's assume there's nothing between he, now and the end of June. Let's just assume because there's not going to be too much coming out just because most of the announcements are going to probably be for the next six months. If we end at four for the first six months, how many do you think need to happen in the last six months to make up for this year? Honestly, I would say six, maybe seven. I would say, I, I yeah, I would say if we can end the year with at least 10 bona fide, like yeah. pretty good games, not counting remakes. Yeah. Now, as, as long as, here's my big thing. If we, at the end of the year, can easily figure out what five to six game of the year nominees are for the game awards, that's a good sign. If we can if we can think of like easily enough games that will cover that that are triple A, that's a good sign. If we require to have to take like actually that's a lie. It's five plus an indie. So let's just go with five. If we can easily come up with five that we think cross that like big name triple A, I think we're safe. As of right now, I think we have maybe two, maybe three, but again, it's the yeah. remake with Resident Evil 4, and maybe Hogwarts Legacy or Jedi Survivor if things are real bad. But, like, I'm specifically going to say two, so that means we need at least three bona fide. I think we can get that with Spider-Man for sure. I think 16 yeah. is a pretty solid chance. So it's just maybe something that we haven't heard of. We need, like, one or two that we haven't heard of that are going to be released in the next six months and need to hit. That's kind of where I'm looking at. Yeah. Because yeah, I do have hopes for Final Fantasy 16, and I do have a good feeling about it. I don't, I don't know if it's just what it is, but maybe the trailers, maybe, I don't know. Um, that, and then, of course, Spider-Man 2. I have, obviously, high hopes for that because they've already made the two games. They're very similar, but it's exactly what I want it to be. So as long as they just don't change anything. Yeah, and, and Sony's kind of had a track story. record that they don't usually screw up what, what's already been a good thing. No. Yeah, no, like God of War, like Ragnarok wasn't that much different from the original. They made like the worst changes. example is what Forbidden West, which is more just being guilty of like, eh, maybe the story didn't hit quite as well, but it was still like a very yeah. solidly put together game. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like that game was very well done. And uh, it did have way too many collectibles and stuff open world, but I did appreciate that the trophies weren't attached to all of them. I only got like 48% of the world done and I got all the achievements. So I was mm -hmm. like, cool, I'm, do I'm good. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm a little I'm a little sad that Caleb wasn't here to have this bounce off because I know he and he and I probably would have bashed heads on a couple of things because that's how it always works. It's it's kind of great, you know, when it's just me and then the straight man and who's usually in the middle. There's not really yeah, there's just, not really much going back and forth because you're just like sure. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said I agree with you, and I feel like I'm only coming about halfway though. Like I feel so I probably have whatever Kalen's other half would have been. I probably actually have that where he probably would have been like, "No, this year's been awesome," and you're like, "Ah, it's not great." And I'm like, you know what? It has been awesome, but also not awesome at the same time. <laughs> so you know what? That's exactly that means I win by default, and I'll take it. <laughs> default, default. You know, you know what they say: the two best words in the English language. So. With that being said, that's going to do it for the show. I'm glad that I didn't say at the top of the show this might be a shorter episode because it's two of us because I've learned now that that's never the case. It's you and you and I just, no matter what 
we can walk into a cartridge and quarters episode back in the day and say we have nothing to talk about and then an hour and a half later we're like son of a bitch <laughs> we yeah. talked a lot we're burning square unique signs for some reason in the back it's crazy oh no that that was a normal occurrence that was not a that was not anything different before that was not out of that that was a bingo card item for us every episode Are you kidding me but uh yeah, any last thoughts before we take the show off the air no, I think that pretty much covers it. I think that we've basically summed up the whole year and our expectations of it. It sucked, but also it was kind of good. <laughs> yeah, it was awful and great at the same time. I'm well, with that being so said, so <laughs> well, with that being said, thank you so much for joining this episode. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed what they listened to. We've actually been getting a bit of uptick in viewers in the last couple of weeks, which is pretty awesome. So for anybody who's new joining, glad that you're here with us and excited to keep with you further. Um, if you have any ideas, any comments, obviously leave those in the chat below for the comments at YouTube. Uh, if there's any way to do that on, I don't know how certain audio platforms work. If there's any way to comment, I don't really pay too much attention to that part, but I mean, in terms of our socials, obviously all that information is at linktree slash pixel play podcast. That is link tr.ee slash pixel play podcast. That gives our Twitter, our Instagram link to our discord. If you want to chat with us there, please do. We're always talking shop we're always bashing each other's taste because let's be honest we all have shit tasting games just we all believe we have the best shit tasting games this is that's correct and uh other than that if you can like the video and subscribe to the channel or give a five star yes i said five star i've stopped being nice and saying ah, if you could give us four no 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 i'm greedy as hell now give us the five i'd ask for six if that was possible at this point but if yeah. you can give us a positive rating, please do so. That obviously helps the old algorithm. So with that being said, on behalf of Chris, I'm, I was about to say myself. I'm about to say the damn line. Why would I say myself? <laughs> Have yourselves a good rest of your day, afternoon, evening, night, wherever it is where you are. Enjoy the games you are playing, and we will see you on the next episode of the Pixel Play Podcast. Have a good one, everybody.